you're listening to the podcast without an official title. Grab a notebook, a pencil, your Bible, and let's get into the Word of God. What is up, guys, and welcome to another podcast episode. It's been a while, but I'm glad to be back with you. It is currently 1243, Friday, September 9th, 1243 a.m., might I add. I decided I need to stop putting this off because I always put it off for a better time and I'm done doing that because time is running short and I don't want to miss out on what God has for me, what he has for you by putting it off because I'm worried or nervous about whatever. It's I'm going to do it and it's it's time to do it for real. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. I... I'm really excited to share with you what I feel like God has for us today. Um, I lost it in my notes. Hold on. I have this giant page of notes. Like, all my notes from a long time ago. I have on here. Which I like. Except when I need to find something and I don't know. I started to date them. Not like take them out on a date, but like put the date on them. And... Then I stopped. So anyway, I was reading in my Bible and it was um, in Matthew, Matthew chapter eight. And it's, you know, the four gospels are commonly teached, I feel. So I sometimes you just feel like you hear that verse or the verses a lot. You hear the stories a lot and the gospels repeat themselves. Oh, did you hear my finger crack? I didn't pop it or like twist it I just like wiggled it and it did something weird anyway and I never I want to stop having that mentality of I've heard this before or I'm never going to get something new out of it or I already have got some happy thing out of it and I don't want to do that anymore I know that God can always teach me something always even if it's the same verse I read it every day God will teach me something from it because There's never-ending revelation with God. There's not... You can never know everything. God is never-ending, amazing, and, you know, that's his word. He is his word. God is the word. So why would his word be any different from him? Because it's not. It's the same. Anyway, I want... I was reading Matthew 8, and it was the story of... When the disciples are crossing the sea, I'm guessing it's the Sea of Galilee. I don't know. Does it say? I'm not sure. Anyway, they were crossing and Jesus is asleep in the back or the bottom of the boat. And he's sleeping and it starts storming and it's going crazy. The disciples are nervous. They're scared. They're worried. And they go to Jesus and they're like, wake up don't you care for us why are you sleeping we're about to die and jesus responded matthew 8 26 he responded by saying why are you afraid you have so little faith then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves and suddenly there was a great calm now what i love about this is that jesus didn't say why are you so afraid can't you see That I'm teaching you something through this storm. 
don't you understand? You have to trust me. When there's a storm, you have to understand that I'm teaching you something. I'm not going to save you. I gave you this storm. I'm trying to almost drown you so you learn something. He, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, why are you so afraid? It'll all work out for your good. He says, why are you so afraid? And then he rebukes the storm. And suddenly it was calm. And immediately when he rebuked it, there was a calm. When you're going through a rough time or a storm or whatever, you have to rebuke the wind and the waves just like Jesus did. Because we're supposed to be like Jesus and we're supposed to do even greater than what he did. So if he didn't want there to be a storm, if he didn't want there to be a trial or a struggle, then we shouldn't let there be that in our lives either. He could have saved the disciples by letting them have a shipwreck and but just letting them float to shore and understand how faithful God is. He didn't. He rebuked the wind and the waves so they could go there safely. And there was calmness. There was peace. There was comfort. They were probably like, wow, they had a great revelation of how great God is from him rebuking the storm, not from him letting the storm go on and teaching them a lesson. I'm not saying you're never going to go through a tough time. I'm saying when those times come, rebuke the wind and the waves. Okay, you can overcome it. Jesus went through lots of things on earth. The Bible says that he suffered every kind of temptation that we did. But he never succumbed to them. He rebuked them. He never let them overtake him. He rebuked them and moved on. God works all things for your good. So you're going to learn something from the storms, but it's not going to be that the storm overtook you, that the storm was terrible. It was a storm started coming. I saw it coming. I rebuked it. And God taught me a lesson through that. You know what I mean? People teach all the time that God teaches us lessons by our sickness, by poverty, by bad things happening in our lives. And that is not... He, yes, he can teach you something through that, but he doesn't give it to you. He doesn't want you to have it. The Bible says that he, that God is a good father. Matthew 7 verse 9 says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? He's a good father. Earthly fathers don't want trials to come, do they? Do you as a parent, if you're a parent, want to teach your child a lesson through giving them a tough time, through giving them sickness, giving them cancer? That's not how you teach your child, is it? When they do something wrong, you don't say, here's cancer, because you've disobeyed me. Here's this so you learn how to be faithful. Here's this so you learn discipline. No, you want to be alongside your child and teach them and guide them and grow closer together as you do. And it's the same with God. He wants to go with you as he teaches you. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide you. He sent his Holy Spirit to be with you, to be your ever-present help 
Oh no. There was a verse, Psalms uh, 46. Let me pull it up. It went away. Nope. There we go. Oh dear. Sorry. Let me look, look, look. Psalm, 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 Psalm. Psalms 40. Psalms, not Psalms. Psalms, right? 46. Verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. The whole God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be removed. God shall help her. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He wants to teach you and be with you and help you and guide you. He doesn't want you to have to do it alone. He loves you so much. He loves you so much and he wants to be with you and he wants to guide you like I said before. I lost my notes. Whatever. I don't need my notes. Because I know what I want to say. That God will never try to teach you something through hardship. He works all things for your good. So if you have gone through a hardship, God will help you and teach you and make it work out for your good. He's the God of restoration. He rebuilds all that is lost and broken. He restores. He delights in restoring. Psalms 56.3 says, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me. I always imagine it like God walking with me and guiding my hand and my footsteps, but it can only work if I yield myself to him. Because we always say that he's a gentleman. He's not going to shove you out of the way and drag you by your hand or by your hair or whatever. He's not going to tie a lead on you and pull you around. He wants to do it with you he wants to be with you and if you fall behind he's not gonna rush ahead and make you feel bad he'll wait for you he loves you he wants to be with you and he wants to help you so let him let him help you don't let the worries and troubles of this life overtake you Don't let them, you know, distract you from God. Don't get so caught up in the worries of this world that you don't remember that God is always with you and that he loves you and he's here to help you. So when you do come up to those hard times, he can help you and show you how to rebuke them, right? Show you how to avoid them. He doesn't want you to go through hard times and troubles. Like I said before, you as a parent don't want your child to go through 
hard times, to go through rough times, you don't like to see them sad or depressed or hurt or worried or anxious or angry. You want them to, to be blessed, to have peace and joy and gladness, to love to be with you, to understand that you're always there to help them, that you want to guide them, you want to give them advice and wisdom. And God's better than you. So how much more? That's what I like to think. How much more? I, my dad is an amazing dad. I compare the two. I think, okay, if my dad does this, and the Bible says that how much more will your heavenly father do that, whatever it is for you, I can't even get a grasp on it. You know what I mean? We've been learning in youth like the Bible says to try to grasp his love because once you do try to grasp his love, it's so big you, you can't and you understand. You're starting to see like, this is so big, I can't grasp it. Pastor Josiah, our youth pastor, gave an example of he had a tree fall down in his backyard. And, you know, he thought he could, from far away it looked, you know, I could probably wrap my arms around it. And he went up to it and when he tried to grasp it, he he saw that this is too big for me to grasp. And he said the closer he got, the bigger it was. So when those times of trouble come, don't pull away. Don't pull away. People tend to want to pull away. They tend to want to, you know, God's mad at me. He's giving me this lesson, whatever. But he's not. We already, I feel like I'm kind of repetitive. I'm sorry. We said that before. He doesn't teach you lessons through hardship. The Bible says nothing can separate us from God's love. Not a, No height, no depth, no angels, demons, not sickness, nothing. Except when we step away, when we pull away from God's love, it never changes. But the further away we are, the further away it seems like a stream. Think of it like that. When you are close to a stream, you can hear it. You can kind of see it. Maybe. But the closer you get, the more you can see it and the more you can hear it. The stream never changed sizes, you know, but the closer you got, the bigger, the louder it was, the more you could see of it. You get closer, you can feel it. You know, you feel a little bit of it, but there's other things you can feel too. Your foot's a little bit in it, but you can feel maybe grass or whatever. You get closer and closer and closer until, you know, say it's a deep stream or river. It's over your head. And it's all you can feel. The closer you are, the bigger it is. So I encourage you to draw near to God, to understand that he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to be with you. He's a good father who loves you so much. And maybe, maybe you've never had a relationship with God. You say, I'm so far away. How am I supposed to get close to him if I, I don't even know him? Well, I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want, because it's, not that I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to tell you about Jesus and how much he loves you. I want to help you 
I want you to have a relationship with him. And, and a prayer is a way that we, it's the way that we used to accept him because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I just want to give you words to say. I want you, I want you first. It's not just that when you say the words you're automatically saved. You have to believe that Jesus died for you, that God in heaven had one son that he loved so much one, only one son and he said these i love these people so much and jesus was he was sinless and you know i don't want to get i don't know how far to get into it like in the old testament the israelites had to sacrifice spotless lambs and they would be forgiven of their sins but jesus was the only sinless, spotless person. And when he died, our sins were forever forgiven because he didn't just die. No, he didn't just die. He was buried for three days. And then, like, while he was dead, he was in hell. And he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from the devil, defeated him, and rose again. And then ascended into heaven. So he's up in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father. Interceding for us. He is, his blood, his sinless, spotless, clean, innocent, pure blood washed us clean. So we don't have to go to hell. We can be in heaven forever with Jesus. But the only way we can receive those benefits is if we believe that he died and then he rose again and that like i've said that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart so back to the prayer that's you know i'm just gonna give you words to say in case you don't know what to say you know it's not that this prayer is magic words or anything it's just you know biblical scripture that gives you something to say so you know what to say so if you don't have jesus in your heart or if you feel like you've gotten far from him, you don't feel like you've served him like you should, you've maybe backslidden, you've just pulled far away and you can't hear that stream, you can't see that stream anymore. His love, like we talked about, you know, you feel like he doesn't love you anymore. It's that you're far and you want to become closer to him. I just want you to repeat this prayer after me and believe it with your heart. Say it with authority because it's real and it's true and you will be saved. You will be free from the devil's grasp. You won't have to go to hell. You'll be in heaven forever with Jesus. So repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead. And that you are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost. And a hunger for the things of God. And a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now say these loud. I am saved. 
I am born again. I am forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Congratulations if you said those words. That is the best decision you could ever make. I am so glad. The Bible says that when one soul is saved, when one person is saved, all of heaven rejoices. Because you're coming to be with them. With Jesus. When you die or when if God comes back before you die. That is amazing. And if, if you said that prayer for the first time or the second time or the third time, whatever, um, message me. Send me a voice message if you're on Anchor. But if you're not, um, message me on Instagram at autumngbruger or on Facebook, Autumn Brueger. Let me know that you said this because I want to help you. So now that you're saved, you're a, a little baby Christian. You know, I want to help you grow and mature. I can't just leave you. You know, I want to give you resources to help you grow, to help you learn more about the Lord and how much he loves you. So let me know that you did. Well, guys, that was a hard transition. But anyway, I'm glad to be back. And I feel like I could cry right now. I am so blessed to be able to do this. I'm so blessed to be able to speak to you and teach you. And thank you for supporting me and listening. And, you know, I hope that this helped you. And it helps you see the Lord in a new way of how much he loves you. Because that's one thing I've been learning recently is to know how much he loves me. To understand that his mercies are new every morning. He's never going to leave me or forsake me or give up on me. So, once again, thank you for listening slash watching, but you're not watching anything. You're listening. I love you guys so much. I want to change my profile picture on this podcast because it's from like 2017. It's bad. It's bad. I don't know how to fix it without like redoing this whole podcast and deleting it and starting over. And I don't want to do that. But I probably could and should and just like relaunch it. But I don't know. If you know anything, help me, please. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you have the best day you've ever had. Real quick before you go, if you wouldn't mind following me on Instagram at Autumn G. Bruger. I do a lot of lives and videos and you can see when I've created a new podcast. And also if you wouldn't mind sharing this because I want people who don't follow me directly, that maybe follow you, they've never heard of me, to hear this message because I want them to hear it. So thank you very much for helping me spread the gospel. That's what you're doing because this is the gospel and you're helping me spread it. Thank you so much.